The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, everybody, to The Daily Sales Show. We bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. I'm your host, Adrian Saya, and today we are here to talk about how to craft an effective call to action that'll help you two times the number of meetings that you are booking. You're right, writing up an email, getting to the end, and you just don't know what to say. How do you get them to actually do something for you? Well, that is what we call the call to action, and it needs to be done masterfully. That is a CTA, and we're going to cover all the bases today. Now, I'd love to know where are you guys tuning in from? Let me know in the chat. Throw it in there. I'd love to see this. We're usually worldwide. It was pretty cool. I'd love to give you guys a shout out here. I'm already seeing... Oh, Rodolo from Mexico. Welcome. We also got Monica from France. We got Tom. Tom, you're over there in Chicago. I hear it gets pretty cold. <laughs> and thank you, everyone, for coming. Now, go ahead and switch your chat to everyone. So click that blue button for me in your chat and switch it over to everyone. When it switch over to everyone, it lets me actually see what you write. And uh, let's not throw any links in the chat as well. <laughs> And welcome, Federico from Barcelona. Now, let's get right into it. Who is today's speaker? We have the one and only Tom Alamillo here. He's the founder of TA Sales. Now, Tom, why are call to action so important? Yeah, it's one of my favorite topics because it's very overlooked in the prospecting game, but it's it's truly the way that a conversation gets started, right? You can have the best subject line, the best cold call opener, the best body of the email, but you've got to, it's the way you're closing it out and it's hopefully getting someone to respond to you. And from there you have a conversation and then hopefully from there you can turn that into uh, into a paying customer. So it's really that bridge between, you know, you trying to reach out and you getting the conversation started. So I'm excited to talk about the nuances of emails and calls and LinkedIn and, and how you can, you know, close them off effectively to, to book more meetings. All right. Now, before we begin, if you're looking to level up in 2023, we are here to help you with our daily sales show and our membership with instant access to trainings and resources. The membership is designed for individuals and teams. So be sure to check it out. You can scan this QR code or go ahead and visit us at sellbetter.xyz. And of course, we wouldn't be able to do this without our partners. Big shout out to Apollo.io if you guys haven't checked this out. Be sure to see it. We're going to go ahead and drop a link in the chat so you guys could see it for free. But if you're looking to be the hero of your RevOps team, we're also giving you 25% on all annual contracts with Apollo. So go ahead and put a one in the chat if you're interested in this. And we'll be sure to reach out to you with that code so you get that 25% off. Now, what are we going to be speaking on today? We're going to show you all how to make your cold call flow properly into your CTA. It's a big thing. It needs to actually fit into the email in the right way. Then we're going to show you when to leverage the best kind of CTA because there's a lot out there. And lastly, we're going to show you guys some examples so you guys can get the hand of it right away. Now, i love to know who is in the room. Do we have SDRs, AEs, maybe frontline managers? Go ahead and fill this out for me. This helps us a ton. It lets me understand what type of questions we are going to be asking. So if there's SDRs, like Tom, what can SDRs do to get better at CTAs? And if there's frontline managers, it could be something like, hey, 
what can I get my team to do so that they can start incorporating CTAs more often? So let me know who is in the room. This helps us a lot. I'm already seeing there's a lot of SDRs and AEs here. So Tom, does that surprise you at all? It does not. It does not. I imagined, uh, I don't know what the percentage breakdown is, but yeah, I would imagine anyone that's out there prospecting on a day-to-day basis, um, those are the people that want to get better at these small tactical things that, that can really make a big impact. Definitely, definitely. So speaking of big impact, let's talk about the email. So yep. when it comes to email, you want to make sure it all flows properly. Can you tell me about this breakdown you had for writing the perfect ETA into an email? Yeah, so this would be the four-step process that I would go into if I was sending a cold email, right? So uh, the first is that I always personalize the first sentence. So ideally, you could do this at the personal level. At the very least, you can do it at the company level. So any company you sell to, you can find something that is going on in their business that makes it a good opportunity for you to reach out to them, right? So I might say something like, hey, Adrian, saw you're hiring a bunch of SCRs over at uh, the JB sales team, you know, congrats on the growth. And then I'd go into, uh, I want to, you know, take a, a quality assumption over what I think their problem is. So a lot of, uh, you know, SDR leaders tell me that they're struggling with X, Y, and Z. They say that this is a challenge. We're help- And then the next part is we're helping them to do X. We're helping them to onboard their reps faster. We're helping them to you know, get up to speed, reduce time to value, whatever it is that our solution is helping them do in one sentence. And then I want to spend the first that first chunk of my email really explaining the problem and the solution so that my call to action can be very simple. It can be, are you open to learning more? Is this on your radar? Open to exploring, open to a chat, right? I want to keep it just a couple words. We'll get to this later about why. But we want to make it as easy as possible for this person to understand what I'm asking and respond yes or no. We know that yes is the best answer, no is the second best answer, and having a red but unanswered email uh, makes me want to bang my head against the wall. So I want to make it as easy as possible for them to uh, to respond to the email and keep it non-assumptive and, and short. Okay. I like how you kept it really short. And this brings me to my next point, and I want to know from our audience. How long are your emails? Are they 50 to 100 words, 100 to 150, 150 to 200, or 200 plus words? Let us know because we got some examples here for you that kind of breaks these methods down. And I would love to know what you guys think or what you guys currently do. Now, a big part of this you mentioned is you really want to personalize that first sentence and then go into the what you think their problem is. Can you tell me more about what you think their problem is? How is it that you exactly state that? Yeah, so um, I think this happens before you even write the email, before you make a call. I have a um, a Google sheet that I use that is, uh, you know, we call it the, the problem statement framework. And essentially it's a few different columns. And what I want to do is I want to understand, regardless of my product, what are the problems that my persona that I sell to typically has, right? There's only a handful of challenges that most VPs of sales, CIOs, CMOs, operations leaders, whoever you're selling to, many of them have the same challenges. So whether you go back to your customers, whether you go to read industry reports, you want to jot down what are some of those common examples uh, that that people have as as pain points and know that for each of the personas that you're trying to sell to so that if I go to you, Adrian, and I say, hey, 
you know, most VPs of sales that I talk to, you know, this is what I would say at Gong's like most VPs of sales that we work with, you know, tell us that they have no visibility into what's going on in their sales teams, in their pipelines, and what's is separating the A versus B versus C players. Right. Now, if you're a VP of sales, the chances are fairly high that that resonates with you. And if it does, my next line will tell you in one sentence how we, how we typically help solve that you're more likely to have a conversation. Now, if you don't experience that problem, uh, one, you might not be a good fit, which is okay. You'd say, no, we're all good. We got visibility. Uh, we're, we're doing great. Cool. Not a good fit. I'll move on. Or you'll at least respect that I took a good attempt and that I did research. And you know that at least I, I have an, an understanding of your world as a VP of sales. I didn't just make this up. Maybe that's a challenge you used to have. Maybe your peers have had it. It's like, you, you, you know that I, I took, took a good stab at it. What I see too often is people just jump straight to what they're doing. They'll say, hey, Adrian, do you want to double your pipeline? We help, you know, our innovative training company helps, you know, sales teams do that. Of course, everyone wants to double their pipeline, but what's like the under, what's the underscoring challenge behind that? Um, and so I really focus a lot of my time on trying to really nail the problem and try to just seek out people that have that problem and, and forget about people that don't because that's it's not my job to convince them to have a problem they don't have. I see. I see. And that saves you a lot of time, too. And you don't want to be reaching out to people. You know, you can't be forcing a circle into a triangle. Like, you need to circle and not be a circle, right? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Wow. I know you had an example here for us about how the email should be structured because I'm seeing from the question we just asked, a majority of our audience has emails that are between 50 to 100 words, 52%. This is great, guys. I'd love to see this. I can see some of y'all definitely attended our shows before where we broke down how they need to be short and sweet. So this is amazing. 100 and 150 words also works well. It's at 31%. And then lastly, the 14 and 3% are 150 plus words. So I'm seeing in this example that you had here that the email tends to be very sweet. Can you break this down for us? I and mean, it's very to the point. Yeah. So this is one that um, a training client of mine actually uh, you know, helped craft. And uh, so I agree that under 100 words is the goal for any cold email. Uh, it's different maybe if you know them or, or it's a different type of email. But in this example, this is kind of the framework that we use. So, um, you know, it's, hey, do you mind if I make an observation? Then you insert, here's the challenge that a lot of people like them are having. Uh, here is the, the, you know, the way that we're helping them. Uh, and this is actually a, a fictitious email, but the client actually used this. They sell outsourced like, uh, HR services and from Columbia or something, you know, something completely kind of random. Uh, but that, that was the email. So it's stating the problem, stating that there's an actual solution to this. Here's one sentence on how we're helping that. And then a, uh, a call to action at the end. So, um, I do want to also, uh, just, I don't know if we want to address it now or, or on a future yeah, side. A good question in the chat just around, um, you know, how do you get someone not just to talk about interest, but about the, how do I get them to a 15-minute meeting? Um, and the key, we'll get more to this, but the key is uh, you don't, you know, you don't want to be too assumptive. If you're reaching out to someone cold, asking for 15 minutes, per, even proposing a day and time where that 15 minutes might make sense, you're, you're being assumptive it's off put it can be off putting and it can kind of feel like pressuring you know you want to 
uh, the, this is counterintuitive, but you want to release control. So like, think about this first. So I'm, uh, I was telling, uh, Maria before the show, I'm looking, uh, I'm moving, uh, I'm moving in with my girlfriend. We're looking for apartments. We're on the apartment hunt this weekend. So if you've ever been looking for homes or apartments, there's two types of real estate agents. There's the people that this, as soon as you walk in, they just follow you step by step and they're like your shadow and they're pointing out the dishwasher and this and that. And then there's some people that kind of let you do your thing and they come in and ask strategic questions, but they're not trying to pressure you and they're not trying to tell you how close the Trader Joe's is and stuff everything down your throat. They're asking questions and they're trying to help you with the solution. So you want to be the sales rep that is asking questions, but also you're giving power to the prospect. You're not trying to force your product. You're not trying to force a 15 minute. All you're doing is making an observation, asking if they have that problem. If they do, then you close in on, great, how's next Tuesday look? Or here's my calendar link or whatever it is, however you want to close that out. But uh, by not offering power, by almost restricting the power from the prospect, that can give them kind of an icky feeling. Like I don't like that feeling of feeling like I have to do something or someone is forcing it on me makes me want to rebel. It makes me want to say no. Um, and so I think you want to, by offering that call to action of like, hey, are you just open to a chat? Can I send you more information? Is this on your radar? That's a way to release power and it actually will work in your favor. Love that. Now, I want to know from our audience, do you guys think you're more direct or more passive? Put a one in the chat if you think you're more direct and a two if you're more passive. Now, I'm already seeing here that they had a lot of ones. A lot of people are very direct. Uh, make sure your chat set to everyone so we can see these. I've seen a lot of twos too. So is it better to just be like, hey, I want this 15 minutes? Or you kind of said you want to be assumptive like that real estate agent. You know, they kind of let you do your thing. Is there a time and place for each, you think? There is. Yeah. And like, so there was a really popular Gong Labs article like two or three years ago. That pretty that was the first thing that I saw that said, don't ask for time, ask for interest on a cold email. And like everyone read it and everyone changed what they do. And I agree with it for a cold email. Now, Adrian, we've done multiple shows together uh, and I've known you for a little bit of time. And so we have some rapport. And so, you know, if I wanted to chat with you, I might shoot you something a little bit more direct. Um, or if, if we already have a back and forth, even if I haven't met you, but we, we've got some email exchange, we've got some LinkedIn DMs going back and forth. I feel more comfortable making a stronger call to action on that email to book a meeting, whether it's, uh, just saying, Hey, um, you know, does next week work for a call? Hey, I saw, you know, thanks for the show the other day. Uh, looks like you're connected to, you know, John Barros, uh, really think that I could help him do X, Y, Z. Would you be open to you know, could you refer me over there? Would you be open to making an introduction? That's a pretty hard ask. You know, I'm asking you to like put your social credibility on the line for that intro. But if we have some mutual trust, then I can make that harder ask. So it's kind of like if you, you know, if you're out in public and you're trying to make friends or you're trying to land a date or something like that, let's just say you're, you're trying to make friends in a new city and you start talking about something. Um, if we're talking about basketball, and, uh, you know, a, a pretty fair call to action to that engagement would be, hey, like, there's a Celtics game tomorrow night. Uh, you want to like, you know, maybe, or there's Celtics games, you know, in the next few weeks, maybe we'll go to a bar and watch one sometime, right? It's pretty like low friction. You could bail on that. Uh, I'm saying that I'm interested in hanging out, but I'm not like forcing it. That's different than like, 
hey, uh, let's move to Boston and buy season tickets together. You know, <laughs> next five years. Like that's like, dang, dude, you're you're coming down a little too strong. So uh now if we were best friends and I'd known you for 20 years and I said, dude, let's get season tickets, maybe you say yes, maybe you say no, but it's it's different in both of those cases based on you have to have some emotional intelligence of like how much trust have I already built up versus how big of an ask am I making? Got it, got it, got it. Now, in terms of these interest-based CTAs, you had an example here. We kind of broke some of these down. Can you tell me why these work well? Yeah, so um, these are quick, you know, so the most, it, it, everything is what, five to six words uh, or less. I even like the first few the most because they're like three words. And um, and they're pretty clear and they're not assumptive, right? So everything is is interest-based and it's pretty easy. So if I said to an, a cold email and I'd say the one at the top is, you know, the one that I, I probably use the most often, open to learning more. Um, it's very easy for you to answer yes or no. Are you open to learning more? I'm not saying you got to get on a call or a demo or the price or anything. It's just like, Hey, are you just open to learn more about this? If you are, great. We can take that step. If not, cool. I'll, you know, take you off my list. I'll stop emailing you. It's not a big deal. So, uh, the two things that I always try to focus on on a call to action is how clear is it, and how you know short and direct is it. All right, I like that. Now, I would love to hear from our audience. What is your go-to CTA? Throw it in the chat. I would love to see some. Really? As we see, we we got like open to learning more. That one's always a nice one. I, I like it. It's very very subtle, you know, it's just like, hey, no, no pressure. If you're open to it, let me know. And there are some that are more direct. So we'll love to see some of these. What do you guys got in the tank? Now, I know that we can actually use CTAs for a number of things. We've talked about it before. So we just brought up email, but they could be used for LinkedIn and calls. Can you tell me about LinkedIn? I know you had some examples here for us. You break this down. Yeah, so um, LinkedIn, if your prospects are on LinkedIn, take this. If they're not, then maybe you uh, you know, put, put this in your back pocket for now. But LinkedIn is a great strategy if your buyers are there. And it's a, it's a more informal channel than email because someone can click your profile. In this case, you've already connected. They've already taken a step. They can see all this information about you. And it's social media. So it's a little less formal than a, a cold email. So there's a few ways that I might send something, right? I might send in this, I'll give you some real examples here. One is, hey, anything I can help you out with. All I'm trying to do, Adrian, I'm not trying to book a meeting off the bat here. All I'm trying to do is get a conversation started. And I booked, I'll tell you, I had a pipeline slump in February. I had a great January, I had a bad February. And then in March, I'm like, man, maybe I'm just being too desperate on some of these cold emails. And I'm being like too... I'm, I'm being too aggressive on my call to action. So I'm just going to try to start some conversations. And so I took an hour a couple of weeks ago and I sent a bunch of LinkedIn DMs that were just open-ended like this. And then I had like seven, eight, 10 back and forth DMs with people. And then we got meetings booked. Then people wanted to learn about one-on-one -on -one coaching or a training session for their team or whatever it is. Um, and so that that was in this case, uh, we can shuffle through. I think we've got three examples. This was one where uh, the first message I personalized to the to the guy. I said, "Hey, you know, uh, we had a, a mutual like location in common. We made a little joke about that. 
he said, and I said, hey, how are things going at XYZ Company? That's all I wanted to know. He gave me this paragraph about how things are going great. I said, great. Uh, and he asked about, you know, the Revenue Lab, the the playbook or the, excuse me, the boot camp that I do. And uh, so I said, hey, happy to chat. This is what I do. Are you open to a call sometime? Right? So pretty low friction. Again, the first question I asked was just, how are things going over at XYZ Company? Uh, which is very easy to uh, uh, very easy to say and, and pretty easy to answer. And then I think there's one more. Yep. Um, and again, this is personalized. Uh, you got to put in a little effort. I saw that this you know person had something in their bio that was a quote that I really related to. That's the personalization. And I said, hey, would you ever be open to connecting? Right. Would love to learn more about what you're building. And uh, I think because I personalized that first piece, uh, he he read it and and it resonated with him. And then we chatted and you know we had a great conversation. So, um, but I'm not I'm, I wasn't trying to sell them anything in that email. Just ever open to connecting, right? And there's you never know where that's going to go. So um, again, a lot of these uh, you know took six or ten back and forths to actually book a call, and that's okay, and that's actually preferred than. Someone that's DMing you straight off the bat with a huge pitch that's, you know, 100 or 200 words. I never respond to those. All right. Now, Akmal here asks, what do you send in your first connection request message? Is it blank? Do you like to do a CTA in there as well? This is in the chat. Yeah. Uh, so I've done two things um, and I've I've gone back and forth. Sometimes I do send a blank. So, uh, you know, the first... So I might send a blank, they they accept, and then I say, hey, you know, like in that first message, that's what happened where I said, hey, thanks for connecting, you know, anything I can help you with or something like that, uh, or how are things going in XYZ company. Uh, so sometimes it'll be blank and sometimes it'll just be a sentence or two that, you know, uh, I want to try to show some way that it's like a show me, you know me type of thing. So I don't want to hide what I do, but I also don't want to like pitch them on what I do. Right. So uh, an example of that might be like, hey, Adrian, you know, huge fan of what John Barros and the team, you know, do for what you do with the Daily Sales Show. I love it. Um, by the way, I'm working with, you know, content hosts to help them, you know, run better webinars open to, uh, you know, would love to connect with you. So I'm not pitching you. I'm not like hitting you with a hard pitch, um, but I am being upfront about I'm working with other content creators like you. And like, I think I can help you. And so if you accept this, I am going to follow up with that and like try to have a conversation. So I don't like when people disguise it. I also don't like when people come too hot out of the gates. I think there's like a middle ground that you got to find on your connection request. All right. Now in the pre-call, you mentioned something really interesting. We have about three minutes here to cover this. So we'd love to hear your perspective. You said it's all about clarity and friction. What did you mean by this? And how does it relate to those in the C-suite level? Yep. Yep. So, you know, being clear is being kind. So you want to be clear on your ask. You don't, a bad version of this is, hey, do you, would you ever be opposed to possibly understanding how you can 10X your business by using the training that we offer, blah, blah, blah. Clear is, are you open to learning more, right? They need to understand the ask very clearly and it needs to be low friction. We've talked about this, but uh, you want to make it easy to respond. Are they open to learning more? Hey, can you respond? Yes, if you're interested, I'll just send you more information. You don't even have to get on a call. I'll send you a video, right? Um, so let's say I was prospecting to the C-suite of a major company. Um, if I prospect to 
the CEO of, of Salesforce, Mark Benioff is not going to take a call with me. I can guarantee you, he's just not going to. Uh, but will he maybe, if I have a good enough offer, introduce me to someone, give me the name of someone, point me in the right direction? That is far more likely. And Mark Benioff is a tough example, but as a busy C-suite exec, sometimes it's easier for them to just push you to a director level, which is a great place to start and you can work your way back up. So you would ask, hey, who might be responsible for this? Would you be open to passing me along to the right contact? And that would be your call to action rather than them being open to a call or do they want to learn more? So you're lo lo you're lowering friction that way. I love that. So you do have different CTAs for those above the power line and for those below the power line, right? Especially with the top above the, the above the power line, you want that referral who the right person may be if you may think that it's not them. I think yeah. it's a very low friction ask. It's like, hey, I don't even really, really need to be talking as much. I just need to know if I'm being pointed in the right direction. So yeah. love that. That is very powerful. Now, it looks like we have some time here for Q&A. And Rodolfo asks, how would you recommend a LinkedIn approach? So we broke this down a little bit in the examples. Can you just give a refresher real quick? You mentioned about wanting to just start a casual conversation. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I want to keep it as casual as possible on LinkedIn. So um, two ways I might do that. One is a connection request without a no. And then if they accept, I'm going to say, hey, Adrian, thanks for connecting. And I want to ask a somewhat vague question. How are things going over at Sell Better? You know, what's your, how are your lead gen efforts going over at Salesforce? Whatever. Um, the other way is send a two sentence, show me, you know me on that connection request. Hey, Adrian, so you're connected to John, you know, you're working for the JV sales team, love their content. Hey, look, I help webinar hosts, you know, create better uh, content or something. Uh, we uh, would love to connect, right? So I'm being pretty upfront about what I'm, what I'm saying. I did a little show me, you know me, I put in the effort. Once you accept, you know, I'm not going to hit you with a pitch, but I am going to then ask you a question and try to open up a conversation in both cases. Okay. Now, the next question actually was answered by you just now, which was around what is that first no? So you really, guys, you want to incorporate that show me you know me or just leave it blank, really. Just just show, show some value that you know who you're talking to or just leave it blank and then flow into a conversation. Keep it casual. Please don't pitch slap on the first message. You want to keep it casual and just start a conversation off the bat. Now, one thing that I wanted to cover very quickly, and we talked about it, is CTAs can be used for calls. Can you break that down? How is that even possible? Yeah. So um, let's say you're having a good cold call with someone, you're vibing, you've, you've gotten to the point where you think that you can solve a problem for them. Um, this, you wouldn't do this before that point, but it's kind of awkward to, hey, I'm trying to book a 30 minute meeting. How do I actually do that? So what I would say is, hey, Adrian, uh, look, first of all, I know I caught you out of the blue, so thanks for playing ball with me here. It sounds like, you know, we might have an opportunity to help you with some of the, the webinar needs that you have moving forward. Um, I'd love to set up 30 minutes uh, next week to, you know, talk about that a little bit more and learn more about your business. Do you have your calendar handy? So let's break that down real quick. I've, I, I acknowledge again, hey, this is a cold call. You, you didn't schedule, you didn't sign up for a 30-minute call right now, so let's call this, but... We do think there could be a fit, right? Seems like this dialogue's working. Here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to be clear about my proposal. And then I'm going to say, hey, do you have your calendar handy? And the reason I say that is, unless they're in the car 
or operating some sort of other heavy machinery, they will have their calendar handy because it's on their phone, it's on their laptop, it's on their tablet, it's on their watch, it's everywhere. So uh, it's an easy, frictionless ask to say, yeah, I have my calendar handy. Okay, cool. Uh, how's Tuesday afternoon look? And then you lock in the meeting. So that's the way that I would do it if you're vibing already on a cold call. Fantastic. And lastly, where can the people find you? Yeah, I'm posted every day on LinkedIn. It's probably the best place. So uh, Tom Balamo uh, there, and I got a podcast and a YouTube and all that good stuff. You can find it on the LinkedIn channel. Fantastic. We went ahead and threw the link to his LinkedIn profile in the chat. Be sure to follow Tom. He's always posting tons of value. Now, just to give you guys a quick recap, make sure your TTA, CTAs are structured for the conversation. You want to be either very passive or very direct based on your rapport with your prospect. Make sure it's clear and to the point and your emails are also short. And lastly, CTAs can be used for a multitude of things from emails, calls, or even LinkedIn. You just got to know which one fits where. This has been a fantastic conversation. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. And to everyone in the audience, thank you so much for engaging in the chat. I love to see it and we will catch you on the next one. See you later. Thanks, everyone.